0: yes sir it's your boy cam meekins the cam meekins show we're back in the building took a three week vacation little summer vacation but we back and what better way to start it off than with one of my good friends in this game in this life my guy trev case what's, what's going it's on good
1: trev? man happy to be here yeah thanks for
0: coming bro good to yeah, see you man. Course, i feel man. like it's been
1: We've been doing, too long. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a minute. We've right? been trying
0: to do it for a minute. I know you're a connoisseur of podcasts.
1: I love podcasts. So, I'm happy to see you doing your thing too. I think it's a great uh, journey for you. Yeah, I think man, it just fits well. No, know.
0: I appreciate that. I love talking shit about like random shit. So I feel like it was a good, easy transition.
1: Yeah, we do that regardless if right, we're I'm recording like, it or not. So it's exactly, like, you know, it fits perfect.
0: But dude, I'm so excited to have you on because it's one of those episodes where. I mean, obviously, we're we're good friends, and we can tell people that whole story, but for me, too, like, I'm such a huge fan of your music. Man, I appreciate that. And I know you know this, and I've told you this so much, but, like, I want to use my platform, whatever level of that I have with this podcast, to whoever's listening, to be like, oh, yo, yeah. after this episode, go listen to Trev's shit, because... I mean, me and Lauren talk about this shit all the time. Like, this shit needs to be everywhere, dude. Man, like, I
1: appreciate that, and um, I'm blessed because you're not the only one who said that to me. You know? Um, no, but- it's
0: like a crazy thing, man. Like, there's not a lot of people that I've met in the music world where I'm really taken aback by their talent. And Thank that's you. not to say people aren't talented no, I out there. That. You know? But like, there's a a certain level of talent that's that's rare, and I feel like you possess that. And so I just want people listening to this podcast to to listen to the shit. You know, I pre- and I know Big is two years that. old now. Shoot, it
1: might be three. Yeah. It's well nah, it's not three yet. I'm not gonna hike it up. We're like getting that. there. But yeah, it's like it's uh I mean, you know, the goal is to make timeless music. So it's like you constantly hear the stories about artists or people who do because I you know, I songwrite, I produce, I do all the above, so my time sometimes gets put into different um avenues, you know. But the goal is to make the, the timeless music. And like like I was saying, different artists, their their discographies get picked up at different times, you know, it's like hopefully if someone hears it, whether it's this year, next year, you know, it's still the same feeling. You know what I'm saying? Well, and it's yeah. not dated because it wasn't like I was trying to do some trendy thing when I made that. I just made records I liked. And, um, you know, I've been told it's not a timestamp on it. And I, I feel like that's why you and your girl can still enjoy it. And that's why other people still hit me and are like, yo, this shit's still fire. Like, why isn't it as big as it should be? But it's like, you know, everything has its time and realistically you know it was an independent release and independent as in just me putting it out by myself it's not like i linked with the distribution company and put a bag behind it so it's just like it's living in its space and hopefully like more and more people just get to it and i'm planning on dropping some new shit so
0: no exactly man and i completely feel you and i feel like sometimes people say that to me too like with my music oh like, yeah oh, man like you know like this shit needs to be everywhere you know what or is. whatever. And then like, you know, that's a incredible compliment. And then it's also like, but fuck, you know, but like it's there already, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly.
1: It's already there. It's like, right. tell someone about it, you know? Yeah, spread the word. Right. Which people do. I believe they do. And that's why like slowly, like random people always just hit me up like, bro, where the fuck did you come from? Right. Like, you know, I love your shit. I found it through so-and-so. And I might not even know who that person is. It will just be like someone randomly. You know you just gotta throw up the fucking the rock on and right on and 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 tell them you appreciate them and and honestly you know i should have fed more people with more new music recently of mine but i just been so focused on just like songwriting and like producing for other people even like mixing and mastering for other people because when the pandemic hit pretty much you know that shut a lot of shit down mm. and it like changed the trajectory of a lot of things and um i kind of just took time to step back and like figure out all right what's the next move sometimes you got to tap out to tap back in you know what i'm saying like reapproach the situation of like all right i went about it this way what could i have done better what could i do different you know and what can i you know keep doing that people did like and capture that part of it too you know tap out to tap back to tap in. tap back in. Cheers yeah. to that, man. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, your music catalog is thick. Well, I, like kind, of, I kind of- consistent. Yeah. That's like, that's one thing I really admire about your stuff is that the consistency. It's like, no matter what the situation is, you've got something coming out. A song, yeah. an album, merch to go with it, you know? I yeah. feel like those are definitely things that um, I could- improve on also i feel like with my with my journey it was interesting because like when i was really going hard at one point with my with my artist stuff i had some opportunities on the table like to get signed and i had these big songs with like big features on them or songs with big features on them you know and i was like planning strategically all around those things and certain things panned out and certain things didn't pan out. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to, like, restructure my my whole thing. And looking back on it, that's not the way to go. That's kind of, like, the way that you aren't consistent because you're relying on these, like, third-party factors of, mm. like, well, hopefully this song with g Easy comes out that we, right. you know, I had a record right. with him where I made the beat and I was on the hook and was supposed to be his single and, like, all the way up to the lawyers, like doing the paperwork, ready to go, and then next thing you know, like actually, some fucked up shit happened on my on my end of the team. The email got missed, and then next thing you know, their plan changed. You know what I'm saying? Not all my fault, but I'm, I'm not gonna put anyone under the bus. But basically, like I didn't get reached out to, but someone on my team got reached. It was out just to, a missed and email, was, yeah. And that's, it was just that's a missed the, email, yeah. That's the crazy thing is, is that one thing like that can but i'll take the blame because i'm the it's me no of you know, course
0: but. and i think it's mature to to at the end of the day look at it and say like
1: everything stops at me yeah no matter exactly what, even if it wasn't exactly. my fuck up yeah but um so yeah i feel like that's something i really like admire about your shit is that you're just consistently it's like i don't give a fuck about what anyone else is doing i'm just consistently gonna do regardless of this happens this happens i'm gonna do that and that's that's where like moving forward now you know the trajectory is definitely changing.
0: Well, I'll say what's cool about life is is that there's no better time than, than now. the fucking present, the now. Yeah. So it's like if you are in that headspace now, that's awesome because at the end of yeah. the day, like you're saying, your music's timeless, and so putting it out now in you know this format and in that headspace that you're in now, you know the world is yours for Appreciate people to, to come fucking find that shit. But for me, um, that process of constantly trying to just keep feeding uh the people that support my music with with music and content and and shit like that was learned it was by necessity it was like uh a reaction to me leaving the major label system which i think is interesting for you and i to talk about because we probably understand that game and i think for like young kids listening to this it's a really interesting conversation because like the record industry, the music industry is a very complex, kind of dated, like very. Um,
1: it's definitely complex.
0: Just kind of tough industry to be a creative because you get, you get taken advantage of from the whole the whole business model of like the the record industry is to take advantage of creatives, you
1: know. And it's evolving, so it's like the thing about it is is like all right when you get in it things go this one way you know or a couple different ways it's complex right right but then like in a year it could be like oh guess what we're not doing shit this way anymore you know it's like the most recent thing is like the loop game you know like the loop game is this whole different industry than what it was when i was having my first sessions at apg Mm -hmm. you know you know what it is yep like that was just a totally different like era you know it's like you have these full beats that are already ready to go you go in there you write songs to them nowadays like the in-person sessions i feel like have been cut down a lot of i mean there's kids living in australia who just play guitar loops and send them off and they're getting pop smoke um 100 you know and that's their gig which is cool i mean i more, I'm open to anything. I'm not attached to any old way of doing anything. But it's just an example of like how the industry, like you have to keep up with. I mean, that's what makes it complex. Is it's like evolving. It's always evolving. You know. The thing that that frustrates
0: me about the music industry is, is just the nature of the business. And like, I'm not, I'm not someone who who wants to talk shit on like you know yeah, a capitalist yeah. market or some shit like that. Like, the music industry exists because there's demand that needs to be filled like people want to listen to music and there's going to be big corporations that figure out how to make it you know a kind of turnkey yeah well-oiled machine that just churns out music and that's what a lot of the like major music industry is is it's like figuring out the path of least resistance to hits yes and on that path you know it'll you know, do anything to fuck over songwriters and producers and anyone else to kind of get to that end game of hits. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think there's some truth in that, but I also think that um, you know, it's funny. I was on YouTube last night, and I was, or not YouTube, it was like Instagram. I saw Drewski pull up on this parking attendant, and there was these like two kids that looked like they were 12 years old running the parking lot, right? And so he's making a joke like, how old are you guys? Like, what the, what the, what the fuck? Who's actually running this shit? Like, what the fuck's right. going on? And then, like, this one dude, like, kind of walks up. And he's like, bro, you're getting over. Like, you're getting over on these two kids. How much are you paying them? Like, eight an hour or something right. like that? Because they're, like, 12. But it's kind of, like, parallel with, like, a lot of people are young that come into the music industry. And you got the... You know, there's the older people who have been there, done that, and they understand. And if they see the, the opening of like, oh, this guy's kind of green. Like, he doesn't he doesn't really know, like, the in and outs of this shit. I could probably get away with doing this. I could get away with saying, hey, I'll give you $500 for, like, to buy you out of your rights and then go say, I produced this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people do that all the time. Or I'll give you $15,000 to own your publishing for 50 years. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like people who haven't seen that type of money will do it, you know? Well, that's 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 what I see as potentially a little bit of
0: a problem with yeah. the industry and where my frustrations with like the, yeah. the industry are. And back to like kind of what you pointed out, which is like, oh, you're always putting stuff out and doing this. It's because like I felt like I had to, shift yeah. away from that game because I did an album yeah. in the major label system and, you know, the type of artist that I am, it didn't fit for me because yeah. I wasn't on a path to be like a huge, you know, A-list
1: musician. You weren't necessarily trying to manufacture hits to make hits yeah. you were more expressing yourself as an artist and, and that's what
0: worked for me exactly. yeah it's like people like to listen to my music because it was authentic to my life exactly. i wasn't like yeah faking anything i was yeah. just telling my stories and at the end of the day it's kind of a niche yeah lane it's you know kids that relate to the type of stuff that i grew up doing yeah and that might not be every person in the world but that's fine. And so I realized that and I was like, okay, I'm not in the music business. I'm in the Cam Meekins business. Let me just yep. fucking figure out what my path is and just do that over and over and over again. So eventually I had that realization, but one of the things that I saw as a problem when I was in the major label system was a lot of these people that get signed to these deals as songwriters or uh, even artist deals or whatever, they're coming from, disenfranchised backgrounds yeah. where they never had an opportunity to yeah. see any any type of money like that yeah and so th- like the very nature of that type of relationship is is you know one person taking advantage of another
1: yeah. And yeah so i do
0: think there's a little ethical problem there
1: definitely i think uh i think it is i think it's very commonly known that that's the nature of the game So what I would because it's not going to change is basically it's not going to change. We all wish it would. But I would say advice to anyone who's getting into the creative space, music industry, songwriter, producer, artist, whatever it is. Get a good manager and a good lawyer, because honestly, that's what helped me like have my own back. Right. I got lucky. I got when I got into the game, you know. I happened to, I was sharing a studio with somebody. We had like a three room studio with my boy show enough and his manager at the time approached me like, look, I, I believe in you. Like, I think your shit's dope. Like let's, let's just build, you know, let's build. And, um, luckily he showed me the ropes on a lot of the business side of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? he, he didn't try to take advantage of me and he just believed in my shit which is like it's hard to come across like managers like that you know Mm -hmm. and uh he just taught me the ropes of like this isn't this isn't right this is this is how this should go and he also linked me with a really good lawyer who had my back um through all the like different deal propositions and proposals and um, you know, I never signed a deal as like a major artist, but I signed a publishing deal with Pulse and I had offers from like, um, BMG and was talking to a couple other like primary wave at the time, a buddy of mine was working over there. And, um, I mean, we went from like getting the original, you know, very small deal that we're talking about for like entry level. Cause at the, at the time I had a lot of stuff in the pipeline that didn't come out yet. Like mm-hmm. I had some stuff with akon i had some stuff with thug i had some stuff with ti I had you know some stuff with um a couple other random like major artists at the time in the works and so it was it was a talking point but it was like okay we're not gonna go sh- give you a half million dollar deal you know i was like we'll give you fifty thousand bucks right for your publishing right and you're and this was like in a d- interesting time because it was in between like the song deal era and the full recoupment era Mm. so like basically there's two different types of deals like you had to get a certain amount of number of major placements and that was like kind of old school way of thinking but the deals that the the next era of deals was like just recoup the money we don't care what if it's a major placement if it's you know a sync placement on a show an independent artist that's huge you know it doesn't matter so luckily through all the time i had a good lawyer and he helped me do a great deal with pulse and i couldn't be happier you know and i think that's what saved my ass from like just taking the first deal you know like you could have took the first deal but luckily i had people who have been in the game who knew what time it was and had the foresight of like, okay, we see that the industry's changing. Like, we're not going to get you stuck in like some old, old format, you know? And I think that's the most important thing because Shark smells blood, he's going to bite. You know what I'm saying? For sure. That's just part of the game as much as it's fucked up, but it's like, how are they going to change it, you know?
0: No, that's a great point. We would
1: love to, but. Right, right.
0: And I think it's and business. that's the the takeaway I think for a younger songwriter, yeah. producer, artist is is that it's not like stay away from the industry. I would never say that. Yeah, yeah. It's course. understand that you're better off looking at it from the perspective of you as mm-hmm. a as an individual, exactly. as a business navigating in this world and having one foot in, yep. but also one foot in your own business. And yeah. so like that yeah. is why I took that independent path and said yep. like, all right, let me make sure that I always have something coming and do it through my own company. Yeah. And even if it doesn't get as far, it's, it's still mine. Yep. And so that's kind of the choice that I and made after leaving the major label system. Cause I was like, I, I don't want to have to jump through these hoops mm-hmm. and tell people like, yeah, no, like this is my vision for the album and I want to do this video. And like, You know, I I, when I put out my first album, like they ended up doing like three videos that we never even ended up putting out, yeah, because they sucked. And then that was the whole video budget gone.
1: Yeah, see, that's crazy. And did you get to pick the directors, or was that kind of like Cam? We got these people. We got these people. We we we, yeah,
0: yeah, because what they do is like they'll say like we have a budget for a video or for you know for a project. Let's say we got 60k for a project. We're gonna spend 30k on recording, which is also a scam because they're charging, they own the studio yeah, and they're so, yeah, charging yeah. for recording at the studio exactly. that they own, and right?
1: The, and the engineer's only getting 20, 20 yeah. 25 bucks.
0: So they're year. overcharging for studio uh, sessions that go back to them. So they're paying their, themselves their for rent. the studio. They're paying their rent basically. right? Yeah. And then they say, all right, then we'll have $30,000 for marketing. 10 of that will be for videos. We choose the videographer. 10 of that will be for, you know, this marketing firm and you know, whatever. Yeah. and Back when I was doing it too, they were kind of just shooting for the hit from the hip, trying to figure out how to market artists because it was this yeah. weird transition period after Napster and before mm-hmm. Spotify, um, streaming and yeah, yeah, and it was all about like iTunes downloads. Had streaming hit, no, no, this so, was yeah, It was all
1: like actual song downloads and from buys. iTunes,
0: which it wasn't generating enough money to justify the
1: spend. A oh lot yeah, because people were. I mean, that's the weird thing about streaming is right. It's like, it's some people will say oh like you know it's not good but like honestly people are making way more money off streaming even though it's not probably as much as they should compared to when there was that era you're talking about where it's like for sure you got Napster you got Kazaa you got LimeWire you got all these different things and you're relying CDs aren't really getting sold like that and you're you're relying on like iTunes buys it's like well
0: right. let's just do you know you do some math right A dollar a song like what are we talking
1: about Yeah you right know?
0: Forever <laughs> So if you went to like Sam Goody back in the fucking 90s Or Best Buy or some shit yeah. And bought a CD for 15 bucks right And let's say there's 15 songs on it So every song you paid a dollar for And let's say you you liked that album It was a solid album You played it you know I don't know what do you think 50 times that year Yeah So. More than that Okay, hundred times.
1: Shit, if I'm listening to it every day as a kid, Jay Z, Hard Knock Life, Volume Two. Well, those are the classics. But yeah, I'm saying okay. like an average Some, an on average, an average yeah. level, right?
0: Because I'm trying to calculate how much people like, were paying. Yeah, like once a w- per stream back
1: then. Like, okay, so you might play your CD like two or three times a week. Right. Okay, so let's say maybe two times. A let's week.
0: say that's a hundred times. So that's a penny per per stream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But on Spotify now, artists get paid. Point zero zero three of a penny. Whew. Right? Yeah, and so slow. it's it's not the same level as it yeah. was when it was physical CDs. Yeah, yeah. And also that's like an average. So you know, sometimes you, you might not even get that many that uh, listens on a physical C D too, but you still yeah, exactly. get paid the full fifteen yeah. bucks. So
1: it's like a it's a cash twenty two. It could be either or it could be right. bad, it could be good in certain things. Exactly.
0: But the point is, is that like now with streaming being so readily available, it still is a little bit, the rate is still a little bit out of whack with like
1: the artists. Yeah. So I will say, I think the streaming though, people are more liable to press play on some shit. Yeah. It's definitely more passive to just play a random thing. It's like, you remember the old school Jeeps in the nineties could only have five five cds in the back you load all five and then you could like listen to all five and whatever cds you you have aren't getting played in the car now it's like you just plug the spotify up every time you're in the car it automatically comes on or like apple music does that so you're automatically like all right i'm gonna play music off my that's that's true
0: the only counter i'll say to that and i'm just talking shit but yeah of course
1: is it 400 times easier is it four thousand times easier? Yeah, yeah, it kind of just evens out to what it is they figured it out. They did the math. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, all right, how can we just keep like somewhat of the revenue right the same, if not better? There's definitely some ins and outs that, you know, we're not we're not able to no, see. No, for sure. For know? sure.
0: Well, and you know, back to the complex point too. I mean, the, the ownership structure of the music exactly. industry is all like two companies. Exactly. 10 cent holdings and Spotify and a couple other things they're all cross invested into yeah. each other and it's all a mess but uh, point of this whole entire conversation to me is just understand exactly. the game and I think it's good to talk exactly. about this shit because if you look at like the movie industry or the TV and film industry and shit like that and you look at changes that have happened in the last you know five years in that industry because of like the Me Too movement it's a much different more you know intense Mm -hmm. fucked up situation going on there but the point is like you know awareness of the situation talking about
1: it so what's going on in the the movie industry
0: well my girl is an actor and it's just a a definite i feel like they've definitely made changes to address some of the like me too issues yeah in terms of like having guidelines in place where you can't like meet with like directors one-on-one and like
1: see i had no idea i'm not really tapped in with the movies industry yeah it's it's a crazy
0: industry and like damn near more fucked up than the music industry because the the film and tv industry really truly was built on like executives basically like sexually assaulting the talent in order for them to be famous and like that was like the 1920s through 1950s hollywood like the industry was solely built on that
1: That is nuts. I mean, I knew that was going down, but I never thought of it that way of like, people are now like, okay, I'm not trying to get me too, so I'm not setting up meetings with anybody. Yeah. Well, and now they have rules.
0: Now they have rules where if you're like a casting director and you uh, meet actors, you can't take their headshots home. You can't take their information home because people would get their information, then hit the people up directly and be like, hey, let's hang out. And then, you know, I could cast you in this thing. Like, it's just so fucked up. Anytime you have a situation where someone has leverage over another person, it's just, you know, an environment for abuse and taking advantage of people. And so it's even more so in the film and TV world where you have, like, you know, beautiful young women and creepy old dudes in power. You know what I'm saying? And that probably happens in the music industry, too. But it's it's a little bit different. But anyways, the point is, like, you know... If you see the changes that have been happening in that industry, it comes from conversations and talking about it and shit like that. Yeah. And the music industry stuff that we're talking about is in no way as bad as, as some of the crime that's been committed in oh. those industries. I'm not trying to equate the things. Of course. But I'm just saying, like, you know, change can happen in industries.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think change is happening um, overall. I think more people are speaking about everything all the time. I think it's important to speak about the right stuff. I think there are some opportunists, like in the world, who find the, the the lane of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, speak out about this, and it might not hit the same as something that really, really matters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's kind of this weird thing where like everybody can, f- like, you know, you find the red car. If you're thinking of the red car, you're gonna see the red car. Mm-hmm. You know. If you're fighting for something to get offended about, you're gonna get offended. But there's like real issues that are going on within these industries and in the world, and I think it's important, you know, to really hone in on the shit that truly matters, like the shit that's really affecting people. And I think that's, it's so cluttered, it's saturated. Every day it's a new thing, like, you know, I'm short, I'm offended by the tall people, you know it's like there's some
0: shit that's getting crazy like that
1: but i'm not trying to single out anybody's like you know complaint or anything because i understand everybody has like you know things they're going through but there are serious issues that i feel like sometimes get swept under the rug because there's so much shit going on Mm -hmm. it's like everything Anything you could think of, you know. Yeah. Every day it's a new headline, and you're
0: well, and everyone people have to pick a side now. That's it's, exactly it's so right. Crazy. So
1: it's like if you're if you're this, or if you're not this, then you're this. Well, it's like the Simone Biles situation. I don't like, know. Are you hip to what's nah, going on? Nah,
0: yeah. Let me know. So you know how the Olympics are going on right now?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. She dropped out, right? She dropped yeah, out yeah. because so mental apparent, health.
0: So apparently, there's this thing with gymnasts called the twisties, and basically it's like a phenomenon where they are per, you know they're doing their uh sport and like they get completely dis you know just disconnected with their mind and their body, it's like some so,
1: hypnosis type shit. Yeah,
0: it's just I think it's probably something from overtraining or just being too stressed like trying, out. Do
1: they have weight limits? Is it the same as boxing where they have to like
0: I don't know, I don't think so, okay. but basically they're doing these flips and like all this crazy, yeah. all these crazy maneuvers, and it's a thing that that gymnasts have happened to them the twisties where they are feeling disconnected from their body so they might be in the middle of the trick or you know the
1: so they're getting like head trauma and weird shit like that
0: right and like they're trying to do a double backflip and all of a sudden they feel like they can't do it in the middle of the air so they like bail out and they don't remember how to physically move they've done it too many times or something like that i don't don't know i've never experienced it obviously i can't even do a half flip yeah yeah but um she apparently was dealing with that in you know, combination with some mental health stuff and just probably just too much pressure in this whole situation. Yeah. People are calling her the goat and all this stuff. And she yeah. is, but she dropped out okay. of a few of the competitions and apparently she's going to be back tomorrow on the balance beam and do her thing. But as soon as she dropped out, all of a sudden it's one of those things where it's like fucking Oh, are you on this side? Or are you on that side? Do you oh, think that she's yeah. fucking whack for doing that? Or do you think like, oh, I respect the mental health.
1: And it's like, everything has to
0: be a side instead of like, it's like,
1: how about can we just, talk about uh, what's going yeah. on?
0: Like what, what happened? What are the facts?
1: Yeah. Listen more. I think right. everyone's always kind of like, I need to have an opinion on this, but I think listening is more valuable than trying to get out your opinion. But that's just human nature. You know, people are narcissistic. It's like, we got to, it's, it's about, you know, I saw this thing on Google, right? 7.9 billion people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Bet you feel important today, right? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like, just listen, you know? I get it. If it's something you truly feel super strong about, like, yeah, speak your, your voice, like, you know, freedom of speech. I'm all with that. But, like, not every single thing that happens that most of the time we don't have shit to do with, do we need to, like, have an opinion on. I don't need to have an opinion on Simone Biles and her decision. That's her decision. Only she knows why she did what she did and more power to her, you know? Like I'm not going to sit here and down down her, you know? I mean, it's funny like even in the music industry, that's such a common thing now, right? It's like this artist had a dead crowd at Rolling Loud. Yeah. Is she hell of is she overrated? or is she really the truth? It's like, why does it have to be one or the other? Maybe it was just like her shit didn't resonate with the people that were at that place at that time. And 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 it is what it is.
0: And 10 years ago that shit was happening too, because I don't don't know if anyone's ever been to a fucking music festival before. Yeah. But <laughs> most of the time, people aren't going that crazy until the headliner or yeah. the person until right the before the headliner comes on. Or the, like, Drake
1: comes on. It's the fucking yeah.
0: daytime. It's still light out. Yeah. You know, cats aren't like fucked up yet. Yeah, exactly. And they're just kind of chilling. That doesn't mean they're not enjoying the performance, yeah.
1: you know, but like. You've performed. We both have performed, for sure. right? If people are honed into you and they don't know you like that they're not going to naturally just be gigging like that because they're actually trying to process it. That's a great point. They're sitting there looking at you, and they're like – it's like a scan. They're, like, scanning, like, okay, who is this person? I don't really know this person. Like, I mean, the situation I was talking about is Coil Ray, right? I, I right. don't know if that's how you yeah, pronounce yeah. her name, but I always see her in the blogs, and it's always like, is she dope or is she not? And it's like, what yeah. – she, obviously she's dope because there's songs that we all know by her that people know, and she's at those festivals. Like obviously she's dope. Is she an up up and coming artist? Yes. Has she toured? No, because she just got popping during In the, the pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So like of course she's not gonna have her show just dialed down like she's the weekend. Well, you and know what I'm saying. It just doesn't matter
0: if you're a, a like a middle part of the bill exactly, and people are standing there watching they're enjoying the show if they don't necessarily know all the music then they might not be like physically participating yeah. like jumping up and down putting their hands up yeah. whatever but that doesn't mean that they're not enjoying they're the it. performance and so all of these like blogs that now only exist as instagram accounts or whatever yeah. that are just solely existing for the purpose of like getting views and comments and interactions That's where they
1: create the are you this or this because it creates the it, engagement. it's what sells
0: it's yeah it's the only exactly. thing that creates engagement because it's like oh you comment for this side, you comment for that side. Hater culture is serious It's too, crazy, though. bro. But no, I mean, it's it's a totally normal thing as an artist to be on a bill, especially for a festival where it's a group of people that might not be there for just one artist or yeah. whatever. And, you know, if people are watching the show, who's to say all those people didn't enjoy the performance?
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's like when you're watching a movie for the first time, you're not just going crazy while you're watching it. Right. You know? You're well, processing it. You're being like, do I like this movie? You're going to laugh at certain stuff. You know, you're going to you're gonna enjoy it or you're not, but it's like, until you've watched that movie hella times, are you, like, looking forward to the parts? You know, you're like, oh, yeah, this part's coming up. Ooh. It's the same thing with music. You don't know the song. You're, like, still kind of like, all right, but, you know? Well, and also, if you've ever gone to a show and saw an opener
0: that did really well and then you ended up being like oh wow i want to find out who that is and listen to their music yeah you weren't immediately watching and being like this shit's crazy like i'm turning up like you were just watching you're observing and observing and then you to make a mental note like oh this is this is super dope like i gotta find out who this is and so just that whole notion of like now with social media like these festivals are these like make or break moments where it's like, you don't have the crowd hype, then like your shit is whack. Like you're only popping on TikTok. It's like, just stop with all the dramatics.
1: Then I saw like a, exactly as dramatic. Right. And then it's like, well, she didn't do as well as XXX. (laughs) Tentacion. It's like, Oh, so you're comparing this artist that just like is starting to have her first shows during the pandemic to XXX, like one of the dopest fucking performers and creatives in general of this of that generation yeah. like of this generation right, right here. and
0: also known for like getting crowds absolutely just bananas high yeah. next
1: level energy right you know it's like come on like you <laughs> blogs know what they're doing yeah. you know they yeah. know that they're stirring the pot you know they know exactly yeah. what it is because when people people get the breath taken out of them when they see the headline they're like there's no way that she's xxx <sighs> You know, it's like the breath it's, comes out of them. It's People, wild. If, if something is proposed to someone that they obviously are going to disagree with, it takes the breath out of them, and then they get to Twitter fingering. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's and it's also just a fact that it's something I think we have to accept as consumers of music now yeah. Yeah. that uh, we don't live... In the era now of having to like build up your fan base regionally by doing shows, yeah. So that is like, you know, just the nature of the game, yeah. and so we have to accept that like people are going to take time to develop their live show yep. presence. And I'm not even saying that Hershey yep. wasn't like hopping. I, I haven't really like looked at the video other than like the Instagram clips, yeah. but I'm just saying in general now we're at this point where it used to be like when I started like making music in 2010 and obviously way before that too, it was like this, you built up your fan base by doing shows, opening, you know, you might've had 100, 200 shows before you had any fans at yeah. all, right? But now you can become very, very successful on the internet without having ever done a show. Oh, and Maybe yeah. your first show is in front of fucking 20,000 people because that's how successful you can get so
1: quickly. In and in, in a show in front of 20,000 people is much different than the intimate show, you know? Right. In front of a hundred, right? And
0: like you're, you know, it's like a comedian kind of like working yeah. out their fucking set, you know? Exactly. Like the time me and you saw fucking Dave Chappelle. Oh my god! At the Peppermint Club, by
1: the way, one of the most
0: epic nights, dude. Speaking of speaking of, we're gonna have the whiskey. We'll speaking of whiskey, our- man, <laughs> we need to tell that story, bro.
1: Dude, I mean, first of all, Dave Chappelle, one of my favorite, uh, not one, is my favorite comedian of all time easily yeah, yeah like for me high school the Chappelle show just dropped oh on yeah comedy central cheers by the way cheers yeah by the way i don't think i sipped it last time with cheers which is bad luck but. well fuck man
0: the camera stopped recording
1: da- yeah so dave Chappelle. i mean the Chappelle show dropped when i was like a freshman in high school yeah that's crazy. and literally it was like when we came to school, it was like, did you see the new episode? And right. it was running, hit their jokes the whole time. Like, just fucking dying laughing. Like, I just remember, like, meeting up on the weekends and, like, kicking it with the boys and, like, running the... The Chappelle show. So we got to go to the Chappelle show. Where were we at? We were at. Uh, we went to the Peppermint Club. The Peppermint Club, private screening. I think it was a situation where he was on some, like, I'm in LA.
0: I want to work Test on my set out. and just have fun. I, I, I get the sense from seeing that, that he's just like loving, just having a oh, good yeah. time and performing. He lives
1: it. He, he, he lives, breathes yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not. He just, he does it. He yeah. does it no matter what. If he's in LA, it's like I'm gonna try this set out. We're gonna take yeah, your phones that was the, vibe. Out the door. Yep, you know.
0: He was like, "Where can I find a club that can fit a hundred people or eighty people? How many people
1: were there? Probably a hundred. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe less. less honestly, maybe less, yeah. honestly, because the it was bar like- took
1: up most of the that and, place, and, and right? people
0: weren't even really like standing behind the bar yeah. i think i would say it was about eight tables with let's say five people eight rows of of people you know in the front there but it was like five to ten yeah. people a row so no, it I mean, was like under it was light.
1: yeah yeah it was like wow what a night though I and mean, i think
0: that he was probably on some like let me just like find a club to just yeah. do something low-key you know get for sure get like some people to pull up and just work on my my material and have a night and we got there at 8 o'clock. It was a very, like, private screening kind it of thing. It was light out
1: still. We pulled out. Yeah, we pulled out. It was out. light it was out. light out.
0: And you get in. They're taking your cell phones at the door, right?
1: Yeah, they put them in that, those crazy, like, magnetic patches. Like, you can't
0: open it until a certain time. Yeah. It's like a fucking bomb-proof little,
1: like, <laughs> pouch. Yeah, right? it had like, a timer on it.
0: Yeah. And then you sit down i mean it's like it was some crazy situation where you had to buy bottles even to be there type of thing and Uh, yeah um our table limit was so out of pocket it was out of pocket but so then he gets on and and, well first there was there was that uh one woman who came on beforehand and she killed it
1: yes yeah the white girl yeah 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 oh wow i forgot she killed it and what was her name? What was her name?
0: I, I don't remember her name, man. But she was so she funny, was like awkward, right? Yeah, she was like it was very it dry, was like very
1: dry, awkward. Yeah. It was per Yeah, it was perfect. And it was
0: such like a uh just contrast to his yeah. whole vibe too. That exactly. it was like so funny, and you could tell why he was. He would be like, "I, I fuck with her."
1: Oh yeah, no, but it was right. It was it was
0: perfect. It was so perfect. then he comes on, and he he riffs for what like an hour and a half. Dudes smoking cigarettes, drinking oh, yeah. on stage, like everyone's just kind of just with I mean, live this a band. very intimate vibe. Oh, yeah. He's just telling jokes and mostly just like monologue, just talking shit, I feel like, for like two hours. Then he takes a break. Chris Tucker comes oh, out. Gosh. You remember that?
1: Yeah, Chris Tucker, which uh, I mean, that was a pleasure. To so Chris to see,
0: Tucker you know, comes right. out and does a 40 minute set. And then Dave band. No, remember the the band? Not yet. The band didn't come yet. Then Dave comes back out and he keeps going. Then he brings out David Blaine because apparently David Blaine was sitting in the audience the whole time right. right next to us. And we didn't even know. That's right. I was pretty drunk that night. Well, yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, we have like five bottles that we're drinking with like four people. A Magnum 1942.
1: 42, McAllen 18. Which is, we're mixing dark with the light. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was like wine too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was was everything under the sun. It was a $5,000 limit. So they were like, we're pretty much bringing you guys everything. I mean, it was a lot of different bottles on that table. Well,
0: so it was it was just a bunch of bottles on the table, and we were right next to the stage. And so then David Bland comes up, and he does some magic trick with, like, two people where one person felt the other person touch their nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, my God. And that shit was trippy. He's another character
1: that really blows me He's away. an interesting
0: guy, yeah. Uh, Then Chappelle comes back, and, I mean, so he, like... All in all, from start to finish, he went for like eight hours because we oh, didn't leave until like two thirty in the morning. And then he comes back, riffs for another hour. Then Anderson Pack comes on stage and starts playing the drums, and then Thundercat comes and plays the bass. That's,
1: that's what it was. And that's, so
0: Thundercat yeah. and Anderson Pack just jammed for like an hour and a half.
1: I think the craziest. It was thing, the best though, night of my life. Oh yeah, that was the mo- the best experience that someone probably wouldn't believe me if i told them right the actual the actual time we had and i thought it was crazy because there was some real out-of-pocket people in the crowd i don't know if you remember yeah they were heckling They were they were like would not stop like there was this one dude that was sitting right in front of our table who would literally like say something after every like segment that dave Chappelle like trying to intervene and at one point he was like yo dude you gotta just shut the fuck up like it just straight up he was like you gotta yeah. shut the fuck up man this is my fucking show not even on some ego shit just like well like doing? everyone else felt that same way because i remember he was right in front of us and i was just like yo dude this is we didn't come to see you we came to see the goat dave Chappelle." then i don't know if you remember the lady who kept saying that her husband knew who killed tupac <laughs> Yo. and dave chappelle's like whoa 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 <laughs> like <laughs> this is not the time or place for yeah. that and she kept trying to intervene the whole time too and he had to be like and you know him he's like lady now lady yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to you know you're gonna right. have to kick back And then, but she kind of gave him like a nice little segue. It was to the point where I was like, yo, is this planned? Because this is too perfect. It was nuts. It was too perfect. I don't believe it was planned, but it was like, you you start thinking that like, man, this is like too perfect and... By the way, I definitely blacked out
0: that night. 100%. Well, so I don't know if you remember this part. Then. I threw
1: a, a tissue on the fucking stage on accident, Well, which that... I'm sorry, Dave Chappelle. I really didn't mean to. I was just blacked out, <laughs> and I was with some basketball players, so I just was you know, <laughs> shooting shots.
0: Man, so uh, the best part about that, because uh, we were with Carl and, and, and Lauren, and, and they went to the bathroom, and I think it was just me and you at the table yeah and this was at the point where like dave had been drinking all night oh yeah we he had all been drinking up. all night yeah. like everybody everybody in he that was room fucked was up. fucked up and but we were at the table right next to the stage you could kind of see it right at the stage and he he looked over and was like what the what the fuck is this crew over here yeah, with like, all this who, bottles the like
1: fuck did you guys God, what's going other? on here
0: like what's going on <laughs> And I was like, what's up, dude? Like, let's take a shot. Oh, that was, was like,
1: epic. I was still alive for that. Yeah. And I he was, was like, oh,
0: what are you drinking? And I was like, McAllen 18. He was like, oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? All fuck right, it. bring it up yeah. here. And so I poured a shot, one for him, one for me, walked up, and you were with me too. And we yeah. took one, toasted him, toasted him, and took a shot. And then, but the, the people we were with didn't even see it happen because oh, they were I in know. the bathroom. Yeah. So yeah, it
1: was. Uh... It was definitely a bucket list type of event. And for I, sure. And honestly, did they, did they end up putting that one on Netflix or no? So I He think, did the set somewhere else, right? I
0: think that that was like, because, you know, these comedians, like they'll work their material for a year, and then at the end of the year, that'll be like the special.
1: And I, so I think he
0: was on the very beginning of working that material – and that was like one of his first times doing some it of the those first jokes time. live. Yeah, no, I think it was the first time. It was because when his special came out, there were a lot of his jokes that we saw yeah. in that special.
1: And what's crazy is Dave Chappelle is really able to ride the line on like controversy. Yeah. Like, like some of the things he was saying, like you'd be like, if anyone else said that, they would get canceled. Dude, but and we, we need so, that right now. But he's so good at it. Like, right. he literally knows, ex- like, it's crazy. I don't know if you remember, but especially that that performance he did, his punches that he would hit at the end, where you'd be like, "Damn, how did you tie that whole shit together?" Yeah. Well, and what was crazy
0: too was that it was such a like private, intimate, no phones thing that I feel like he didn't. He let care. loose. He yeah, because
1: nobody could nobody locked in any of that. Right. Um, right. Epic. Yeah, that was that was day. that was a night. That was I definitely threw up in in uh in some drawers that night.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: <laughs> Terrible hangover for a couple of days. Yeah, Anxiety was through. The roof.
0: <laughs> just the scaries The Sunday oh, scaries. Oh, the Sunday
1: scaries. 100%. Now that was a great time, man.
0: Yeah. Um I remember um just thinking like he like the stamina that he had to have. Dude. Like, rocking for, like, eight hours like that, too. Dude. He just, like, lives for that,
1: I feel like. He's comfortable. Yeah. That's his, you know, that's like us sitting on the couch in the front room. Him on the stage is like, he could be there, you know? Yeah. Smoking, doing the whole shit. And it's, it's the immediate wittiness, though. Like, the react, like, he can just... Soon as yeah, someone it felt like the whole thing was freestyled. Like, oh, like it yeah. didn't feel like it was a set. You know what I'm saying? He's I'm like, like Jay Z, right? You right. know, Jay Z has like hundreds of raps in his head memorized. That guy's just like, oh, okay, let me pull this out the filing cabinet real quick. Yeah. It's definitely like something different in those guys' brain and how they're wired. But also, I think it's repetition. I think it's them literally doing it for so long. Past 10,000 hours. We're talking about 100,000 Yeah, hours. just More true mastery. That, true mastery, you know? It's like, it's like a musician that can just play the piano crazy and can play these crazy Mozart pieces and it looks effortless. It's savant, you know? It's like, have you seen the kid, the guitar player kid on Instagram mm-hmm. who can literally play as good as like an adult? and he's only about 4 or 5 years old right with his small little hands on the guitar and he's literally playing it perfectly and singing songs with it it's like there's just something that clicks in his head mm. um but i also do think it's it's not just like some natural born ability i think it's, it's trained yeah i think it's just repetition and like practice and like also having you know some natural ability that like helps kind of um escalate the ability you know yeah
0: because i can write a verse and remember it but to write it in my head and then remember the whole thing i don't understand how that can even come together and i think i'm
1: we've smoked a lot of pot too well
0: that's true (laughs) but i'm someone who can conceptually understand like writing a rap verse yeah but that to me seems like such a foreign concept
1: still yeah Uh, I think some people just have better memory than other people, too. Yeah. It's just like, you know, certain people. That's one thing the doctor told me a long time ago, because I remember I was having a conversation with her. And she was like, you just got to realize, even though we're all humans, we're all constructed very differently within our DNA. And just like what we one person might be good at, the next person may not. And so on, like, you know, Mm. and uh, we would all like to think like, you know, we're all born with the same ability possibility to, you know be as great a basketball player as you can but it's like that's just not reality right. you know lebron james physically there's just something that he's got going that mean he- yeah there's different ceilings <laughs> for everybody. exactly and i think that goes to mental men- your mental creativity yeah. it's like i saw this thing about kanye west um I forget somebody was talking about kanye west like kanye west is a fucking genius, right? He's a savant when it comes to creativity, but he not, he, he might not be the best communicator with Mm. people on just a regular level. He might not have the ability that you have to communicate well with people and get your point across in a normal, just like, you know, way, but he's an incredible, he's a genius when it comes to this other thing, you know what I'm saying? so like, certain things just work for certain people and certain things don't you know yeah or you might be better at something than someone else is and vice versa you know right
0: right yeah because kanye i feel like can put his genius into like tangible things like music and design yeah incredible and things that aren't articulation and words but he can also do that too in music like writing lyrics but it has to be in like a a format that's more artistic
1: his bars are crazy. I think his, his bars, bars are, are some are of the a craziest, slept on, for sure. Because you know the Donda, right? So you know we watch, I watched the Donda live stream. Oh, you watched that? How was that? I thought it was really dope. I mean, I could tell the songs are still like in the makes. Some of them, classic, high.
0: classic. Him being like, it's coming out, and then just it's not coming out.
1: And people had this thing like, well, where are the drums at? You know, but like part of me was like, I'm juiced. If you purposely didn't do hella drums, you're doing something different. Yeah. You're not just doing like, "Okay, here's the four-bar intro, here's the drums, here's the hook, here's the the post-hook, here's right. the verse, here's the pre-hook, here's the hook." It's like, "I like that. It's a breath of fresh air." But back to that, like it was pretty dope and I thought the aesthetic was crazy. Like his red, his like all red with like the weird like the ski, face mask shit that he's ma- doing stocking, yeah stocking ski mask and just like his body movements he's hitting the crazy like it's like he knew exactly what he wanted it to look like aesthetically and it and i thought it was fire and honestly it kind of goes with like doesn't kind of it goes with his cover like mm. the red blob kind of looking thing that was genius to me um, and so back to what I was saying was is that I went to his catalog because I was excited to, like for the Donda to drop, and dude, his bars are crazy.
0: His bars are crazy. Well, because his bars original are just bars so simple
1: and original. Right. Like no, no one else, else is saying it. Yeah.
0: The only other person I think is rapping like that is like Cameron. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm talking about? Just that like for sure, very quote. simple, but like no one else
1: could think of another goat for sure yeah and i think it comes from experience man i think those guys had their own special experiences you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like just one of a kind we're talking about one of one characters like they weren't copying anyone kanye wasn't copying trying to be with anyone he was trying to he was wearing pink polos and louis I mean, backpacks he
0: went as a against the grain as exactly. he could and that era of like 50 Same cent, with cam. Pink. g g-unit gangster rap exactly.
1: vibes exactly and there's like some kind of like uh flat like a different type of flashy flamboyant right cam in the pink the pink fur with the diamond earrings that were like squares this big you know what i'm saying like that we're literally making his earlobes like hang lower you know what i'm saying like the crazy pink range rover like he just he had that aesthetic vision for himself that made him different like you know nowadays it's like oh i'm just i'm oh little uzi okay i'm gonna i'm actually gonna i'm gonna just do exactly his look i'm gonna dye my hair dread it I'm gonna put like a number in, in in my on my face. And like, that's kind of the mindset now. I feel like there's the carbon copy lane where you're like, oh, okay, I know that there's fans of this music, and they'll kind of accept me because they like this whole aesthetic. Back then, I felt like it was Cat's like Cameron, Kanye, who were like, how can I stand out? Well, so that's exactly right? it. Is, is that I, I think different?
0: back then, you could make a choice to stand out and uh, like be you in a way yeah. that was so authentic to you, and it would cut through so much. Now, yeah. everybody is so concerned about their quote-unquote individuality that it kind of like muddies the waters a little bit, yeah. and it's like it, everyone's kind of doing the same shit because everyone's trying oh, yeah. to be this like different vibe and like you know copy the same aesthetic as everybody else. That's that's oh, yeah, different.
1: Like, I'm gonna go dye my hair. Right. You know, maybe that's going to make me different, but weirdly- Get a face
0: tattoo or like, you yeah, know, whatever. that'll
1: make me stick out. But right. then there's actually like thousands of people doing that exact decision. Right. It's not like an it's not that unique. So but,
0: now in this day and age, I think to be unique means to really authentically be whatever makes you, yes. you.
1: And I think, but I still think there's people that like stick out, you know?
0: Yeah, but they're doing it in an authentic exactly. way to them. Exactly.
1: Which I think is very important. Right. It's very important man if you're not coming through authentic you may be able to fool like a small fan base like okay you know these people like this type of music they like this image i'm just going to like ride off that and people will be like oh damn i actually like this song by this dude oh i hell of fuck with this swag like oh mm. but i think it's more like the young like a really younger generation like more impressionable people yeah people who are a little more like excited about some really rebellious shit too i think if it's really rebellious they'll be like okay i'm into this i yeah. don't care if your name is this that or the other right i'm just into i'm into the, all I'm, of it. In, I'm just into this yeah you know yeah. i'm into this whole aesthetic you know mm-hmm.
0: well um, and the thing about the music industry which is different than every other creative industry is is that there's the capacity to have like one successful thing and then nothing after that Oh, that doesn't yeah. really exist in like back to like the acting well, TV world. It's viral like, you know, moments. Yeah. Like you don't ever see, you know, I mean, maybe there's a couple of examples of, it. you know, you don't see someone come through and like have a breakthrough acting performance and then never do anything. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That you doesn't know what I mean? Happen. It that doesn't, doesn't happen.
0: happen. But in music, like you can kind of fool people for a little
1: bit and like get a, a, a single to pop off and then that's it. I also think I saw something where it's like, I feel like a lot of those people who do come and go quick, there's like a viral moment, you know, like this dude did this crazy thing. Yep. Oh, yep. he's also got a song out and it kind of like plays into it. where you are like, damn, this dude's fucking crazy.
0: Like, yeah. It's just a moment in time. Like, it's like, like you associate the music. I I, just to the viral know.
1: I mean, honestly, six, nine was the one who pretty much did that exact thing, but for a long time, like his yeah, thing, he kept rolled getting, it into he kept another, rolling thing it into another a thing. new crazy and got crazier and crazier. Right. Um, but as far as like the majority there's people who try to kind of emulate that thing and then they have that crazy thing they have maybe a couple songs and then it's like oh i forgot about that guy i don't because even I know because i think what it is with like someone someone
0: him. like a 6 nine or someone like that who who rolls the actual like real life social media event into like another song and then like repeats that cycle and it's this drama it's like almost like reality tv it is you know yeah. um i think what what they're doing, like you're going to listen to that song because you're like wondering if he's going to say something about the shit that you know that's going on. Yeah. And you're looking out for that. True Hollywood story. Yeah, exactly.
1: All tied into music. Right. And so, but the streets at the same time, but but once you,
0: but that, that, that very nature of, of that being the relationship with the music just shows that it can only last for so long because you're just going to listen to see if he's making you know, some statement about what's going on in this drama that's happening exactly. right in the now. And that's not the same as making timeless good music. Cool I want to understand what's going on with the new music. Oh, okay. Where no. people can fucking listen to your
1: shit, follow your shit. Hell yeah. Um, I want the lamp
0: city fam to fucking tap in. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, so Instagram at Trev case, uh, Trev case on Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, title um trev case on twitter i'm not really that active on twitter but i'm kind of getting back on it yep um so i have a project it's called big binger um as we were saying it came out a couple years ago but it's still incredible music it's on all those platforms uh notable songs that people really like and that i really enjoy party in my mind um thing for me Mm. you know bounce bounce i was broke those every all... song
0: ever like diddy said it, I mean, every song on that yeah. album is a fucking classic no
1: nah, i appreciate it no nah, that was a that was a time that was some of the i mean those sessions it's called big binger because basically all those sessions was just a huge party like literally you were just in on that wavelength
0: at oh, that time man, at that time getting I, fucked up and being creative i
1: yeah i mean really like through that time because i had just signed my publishing deal um, as a songwriter and uh producer and artist because honestly a lot of my placements I always was like you left on the hook yeah. and featured. Um a couple songs you guys can check out. I have one uh, called That Bag with Young Thug and T.I. Switching Lanes with T.I. and uh, Big Crit and um, and yeah so like in that time I was just making hella records and my, my whole thing was even if I'm making records for someone else. I'm making it like I'm making it for myself. Yep. Because if I enjoy it, most likely someone else is gonna enjoy it. If I'm trying to do something for someone else, not thinking of like what I want really and I'm like, oh, this is probably what they want, that it never works that way. So anyway, so yeah, that's how that project came about. Um we were just making hella records at the studio, like having parties, having hella people coming through, different producers, different songwriters come through and um yeah basically at, there was a time period where i was like look i'm gonna put all these together and put a put a project out and um that's out and so yeah the new music i'm just working on new music um i'm putting together a body of work i don't have like a name for the project or anything but i'm planning on uh releasing a single pretty soon Hell i have yeah. some songs that i'm excited about i'm just kind of putting together you know like the rollout and like you know, figuring out what this next long journey is because, like we were talking about before, you know, once I start dropping again, it's it's going to be much more consistent drop, yep. not just like here's an album, rock with me, you know. Which totally. I, I will say, I think that album has like held people over who are fans of mine without a doubt. and they right. love it, and they haven't got tired of it, Um and it's timeless. So if you just happen to listen to it now, I think you'll still enjoy it. Well, that sure. what I love
0: about that project. It's like a, there's a couple. Like albums like that, that I just keep going back to. And it's like, you know, when you have an album like that, where it's like, you're, yeah. already, you're like a, a month on, then you're a month off, then you come back and you're like, oh, I got to run that again. And then you, you keep yeah. coming back to it. And because it's timeless music, dude. And the first time that I heard Big Binger, I was in Hawaii with uh, Lauren yep. and the album dropped and we we ran it front to back. And it was only six o'clock in Hawaii because it came out nine o'clock West yeah. Coast time. Yeah. Yeah. And. So we were in, like, a convertible, and we just bumped the album start to finish. And, like, I think that every time I listen to that album now, I'm transported back to that moment.
1: That's beautiful. You
0: know what I'm saying? And it's just like – but I'm telling you, man, there's just something about the music that just takes you somewhere.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, no, there's a lot of feeling in the music. Yeah. You know, I I think that's something I pride myself on is, like, you know – Obviously, I produce as well as, like, songwriting, and sing. And I think the lyrics are very important, but I think the feeling is important, you know? So it ties you to an emotion. and, And if you're having an experience in listening to the music, it will make you think of those times. And I think that's what great music does, you know? That's why you're able to, when you hear an old song, like I Get Around Tupac, it just makes you think of, like, damn, when I was, like this age and I was doing yep. this or doing that because there's just like a feeling to that record you know 100 percent um so yeah I'm glad you had that experience and other people have told me the same type of thing you so. could
0: put a roll of paper towels on it new booty not too many miles on it
1: yeah that was serious I mean there's just some crazy,
0: there there, some, there there's some crazy sure. bars there is some bars there. there's some crazy don't sleep on the bars <laughs> for
1: sure sonically it's really dope too. um a buddy of mine who's actually a prophet um mastered the whole album. So he bless he gave my album a blessing. Literally. <laughs> Literally. He's a prophet. I love that. That's um, dope, man. Um so yeah, no, it's a great and I, I appreciate that. Um but yeah, new music's gonna be coming on the way. Um it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be upbeat. You know, I'm in a different space than I was back then. Um I'm not just getting totally trashed every time that yep. I'm making the records. So there's a lot of groove uh feel good vibes. Um, I don't know if I would say r and b mm. because I don't really classify myself as like an r and b yeah, you singer. transcend a lot of genres, yeah, exactly. I would say some of the like riffing and like melodic part could maybe you you would say, oh, like that's kind of r and b but like the beats and like um definitely the topics and stuff like <sighs> If you've heard Party In My Mind, I feel like that's going to be kind of where I'm building off. It's like Party In My Mind thing for me. Yeah. Like Diddy said. Those particular records is definitely like moving forward the 2022, you know, um, next chapter. Yes, sir. So yeah, I'm excited, and we got to get some more stuff. Oh, out we too. will, yeah,
0: because that's the other thing too. You know, good life.
1: Yeah, good life
0: on the life of Cam Eakins, Cam Eakins, Trev Case. That's a, that's a real smash. I see it on my distro. Too. There on you my go, distro kid. Yep,
1: Facts. Actually, I think it shows up on my like Spotify profile. There you go. I think it's like in my. So life. you'll
0: see it when you go on Trev's Spotify profile, yeah. which you're probably doing right now because you're in the Spotify app listening Do to this now. show, and you're going right to Trev Case. To Do listen it to now, Big Binger. Right now, you'll probably see our song. You'll see Big Binger. Listen to that shit. Catch a vibe. Uh, let us know in the comments your favorite song.
1: Yeah, let us know, man. Tap but, in uh, with me. Hit me on tap the Tap in with
0: Trev on the gram. Trev Case everywhere else. You know where to find him. It's 2021. You can figure it out. It's the Cam Show. Trev, man. Thanks for coming on, bro. My brother. That's love. Anytime, man. Yes, sir. We'll love do it again. Man. Yes, sir. Peace.